Genesis 12, 1 through 3, says, The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. This is the gift that wraps up all stresses quiet. I will bless you. I will bless you, says the God who comes to where you are, who comes in the heaviness of the day to the space where the weight hangs on the edges of you. So you just keep holding your breath, so you just keep forgetting to breathe. But the weight of everything melts like thinning snow in the heat of his words, I will bless you. He will not burden you, he will not break you, he will bless you. The God of invincible reliability, the God who has infinite resources, the God who is insistent love. You can always go ahead and breathe, he will bless. You can always breathe when you know all is grace. That is the order of grace. The personal blessings envelop you first, then you are the blessing sent to the world. You will be experienced as a blessing to the extent that you have first experienced yourself as blessed. You must feel the fullness of your own picture before you trust the pouring out of yourself. It is no use for you to attempt to sow out of an empty basket, for that would be sowing nothing but wind, wrote Spurgeon. So slow down to feel the wind. Listen to the carols just a little bit longer. Linger in the quiet and taste the grace of now. And know that he is good and he is God. Name them in this moment, gift upon gift upon gift. And listen for the echo in everything. I will bless you. D.L. Moody once wrote, Faith is the gift of God. So is the air, but you have to breathe it. So is bread, but you have to eat it. So is water, but you have to drink it. Breathe it. Eat it. Drink it. Leave the blur of ur and slow to taste and see the promised land of Advent, of Christmas, of his coming, the blessing of gift upon gift. Only when you first unwrap the gifts of blessings to you can you be wrapped up as a gift of blessing to others. Only when you are overwhelmed with the goodness of God can you overflow with the goodness of God to others. And that is the blessing God graced Abram with, the blessing he graces you with this Advent, the gift that makes you a gift. The greatest gift God graces a soul with is his own presence. So the whirl can hush and the spin can slow because he will bless and he will bless with himself come down. The present is his presence and the greatest present you always have to give is his presence. Looking into someone's eyes as you listen, refusing the wrong of rushing, lingering long enough to really listen to everything. There is no need for more. The heart is full of gifts that is full of Christ. It's strange how that happens, that any place becomes the promised land when the blessing of his presence becomes the gift we receive and give. Advent happening anywhere. So do just one thing today that would be venturing big for God. Hold on to him and do that one big thing by faith. Our God is bigger. We are here to introduce our teacher, Mrs. Sandoz. She wrote.
Penny is joyful, enthusiastic, has a ton of energy. She's the most positive person I know. She's very generous. She loves Jesus, and she loves to dance. She is a woman of faith, and everything she says and does is an example of Christ's love for us. Thank you, Penny. Mrs. Sandoz is very happy and a student lover. Creative. Caring. A chocolate lover. Bright. Honest. Funny. Friendly. Helpful. Super. Fantastic. She is the most positive, bubbly, and optimistic person I've ever known, and she's truly the spirit of Lincoln. She's the same loving person outside of school that she is with her students in school. They are so lucky to have her as their teacher with her positive attitude and her love of teaching. She is the most energetic person that I know, and she is so kind and compassionate and full of grace. Miss Sandos is very special to have us in first grade because we were caring students and she adored us. She is amazing. I wish you had a teacher like her. She taught me the importance of laughter and joy. She was an important person in my life because she taught me how to look at things differently. She was very enthusiastic and put things into fun ways. She is an awesome teacher because she taught me how school can be fun. She is an amazing teacher because she made me believe in myself. She has been so nice to me, I have learned the importance of learning. She is extraordinary and she goes above and beyond. She was very inspirational. She is your own personal life cheerleader. She's energetic, enthusiastic, and loves to cheer everyone on to be their own personal best. The thing that always shines through is the fact that she loves children. Uh, her enthusiasm for working with kids is contagious, and working with her has been amazing. Mrs. Sandoz is one of the most enthusiastic and energetic teachers that I have ever worked with who is always very um, caring and loving. One, two, three, eyes on Mrs. Sandoz, you rock! <laughs> wow, remember that during my talk, okay? <laughs> uh, thank you so much to Patty and her team for putting that together and all my amazing friends for sharing. I had to see it yesterday, so I wasn't a bubbling person up here today. So thank you. And it was a great reminder to what my purpose is in life. Well, before I begin, I have a question to ask you. And I want to ask you, what makes you feel uncomfortable? I want you to think about that. And I want you to feel that. Because that's where we're going today. 
So I'm going to sit. This is kind of a reminder of how um, I said I needed like a fireside chat. And they asked me to speak and to stand up. I'm like, no. So this is kind of like my sunroom. And I have so many of my dear friends that are here. And so we're just having a conversation today. And I hope that you can um, participate and be part of this with me. So as I begin, I begin with a quote from Bob Goff, and some of you are familiar with him. He spoke at our church, and he wrote Love Does, and he was a speaker I attended at a conference this summer. And he says, to get uncomfortable, you need to get on the edge of, yikes! That's what I'm doing right now up here. (laughs) Um, So I want to begin with a verse that has been part of my journey, and it's in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, and it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and don't lean on your own understanding. Okay, I'm going to stop there, because my understanding is I shouldn't be up here. I'm not a public speaker. In fact, it's really my biggest fear right there with bungee jumping, okay? (laughs) But... This verse says, I need to trust in the Lord and not lean on my own understanding. It goes on to say, but acknowledge him in all that you do, and he will direct your path. So all I know is he is directing this today, not me. Amen. I'm going to get a little drink if you don't mind. Oh, yes. Hey. (laughs) Well, I want to share with you all today what my four gifts for my soul look like, feel like, and sound like. I will share with you how when I gave God the gift of trust, I was given the gifts of leadership, teaching, confidence, and courage. God has led me And he has given me gifts I had never seen until I stepped out of my comfort zone. Before I tell you my story, I'd love for you to tell me a little bit about yours. I want you to take a moment to think about the answers to a few questions I have for you. What is something you have been wanting to do? What is your dream? What is your goal? How can you step out big for God? Is it somewhere you want to travel? A mission? Something you would love to accomplish, but for whatever reason, it hasn't happened. Maybe it's because of fear, lack of money, maybe doubts about your ability. For some, these obstacles can make you feel defeated before you even give it a try. Whatever your dream is and whatever is stopping you, just pretend it doesn't matter. Okay, I want you to hold on to that thought for a little later in my chat. Now, I'll tell you a little bit about my story. As I tell you about it, you'll learn that I've been taking some risks and trusting in God for a few years now. But this year, I committed to really getting out of my comfort zone. That's why I really started doing a lot of soul searching. And through studies like Rick Warren's Transformation Study and Mark Batterson's The Circle Maker, I have learned to pray through scriptures boldly, 
and foolishly. With this bold and foolish stepping out, God breathed in me an acronym that I have found to be my guide this year for my purposeful traveling. By giving God the gift of trust, he has nourished my soul to step out uncomfortably in love. My year was about getting uncomfortable. That includes feeling inadequate, underqualified, scared, and overwhelmed. But the realization is that I'm not doing it for me. I'm sharing God's love and grace to others for him. And I trust God is going to be there for me. I want to help others step out uncomfortably. And I hope the gifts I received will help you do that. Okay, so now let me tell you my story and the gifts I have been given. So let's see what gift God had prepared for me first. Okay, this is the gift of um, leadership. Okay, so that's my first gift I was given, beginning a Bible study. Over 15 years ago, there was tragedy that struck our community. There were two young adults that took their lives on a Friday night in separate incidences. One was a high school boy, and one was a college girl on a full-ride scholarship for volleyball. I didn't know them, but they were part of our community. My heart sunk. Sadness set in, and I felt determined to do something. But what? I wanted all children, mine included, to know that they were loved unconditionally and that they were worthy. I wanted them to know Jesus, the one who will never disappoint, the one who will love them and give them grace. But how was I to reach these kids? I had three kids of my own at this time, and all were at three different schools, elementary, middle school, and high school. I knew a lot of people in town with kids my age. I knew many parents, and specifically many moms. Then I heard the calling to start a beginner Bible study for anybody that hadn't been in his word before and needed to find hope in Jesus. And then maybe they would share the same hope with their kids. But wait, I thought, I wasn't qualified. I didn't go to a Christian school. I wasn't the master of the Bible. I couldn't pray eloquently like so many others. But I did know that I loved Jesus and he, what he was doing in my life. I also could humble myself in knowing I needed to bring someone else to help me lead. And my dear friend Lee Phillips came on board. I realized if I didn't do what God was calling me to do, there would be missed opportunities to lead people to Christ. What I did know was that I loved Jesus. And I discovered in my 30s that through Christ, I was worthy, uniquely and wonderfully made, and I was of value. He loved me even if I felt like the world didn't. I wanted others, especially the children, to have this confidence that only came from knowing God and his son Jesus. So 
I started asking friends. Friends that knew God, friends that knew me, and friends that I liked. God knew I could gather people, and gather them I did. Well, at the soccer fields, I would ask, want to join a beginner Bible study? Remember Nita? (laughs) While working at the playground at school, I pulled in a few more friends. And then I just called and messaged people's sent messages people's way. And before I knew it, I had over 15 women attending a beginner Bible study. God placed me in this leadership role, not because I had the ability and skills. No, God calls those that are underqualified so that we trust him and we need to lean on him. What if... I hadn't stepped out uncomfortably. Whose souls would have been missed? And up front, I see some of my dear friends that have either been in a study with me or started with me. So they've been so supportive on continuing my studies. So let's see what other gift God provided me when I stepped out. Being a teacher, becoming an elementary teacher. So in my early 40s, God told me to trust him and go back to school. I obeyed and received my teaching certificate at 44. It was a challenge to go back to school with all those youngins, but I did. But after my student teaching, I realized it wasn't for me. I saw the challenges, the stress, and the work entailed, and I decided to graduate and retire on the same day. (laughs) So instead of teaching, I filled my days with playing tennis on a tennis team. I was getting a little bit better, even if it was on the lowest team in the league, and I loved chatting with the women. Until one day, an opposing team member sternly said, pointing at me, and there will be no talking once the match starts. (laughs) Um, hello, do you not know me, queen of talking? Mm. Oh, so as we played, my lips were sealed, but sadness set in. Was this really what I wanted to be doing with my time? I realized right then on the court that I missed the students I had used to substitute teach. Fortunately, that was our final match of the season. I told my team I enjoyed their friendship and learning the game of tennis, but I needed to quit for the next year so I could go back to where I belong. That was Friday. Monday comes along, and the phone rings from Lincoln Elementary. The principal called me because they were in need of a long-term sub. That meant I would teach while someone was on maternity leave. I couldn't believe it. The very next week... God placed me back in the classroom with the children. Other teachers came up to me saying I was doing a good job and I should apply to be a full-time teacher at their school. Someone told me they needed people like me. I'd maybe be a a good fit. I kept saying, "Uh, not me. I'm not ready and I haven't worked in over 20 years. How would I get the job? There were hundreds of applications for only a few jobs. And I hadn't worked in so long full-time but they kept bugging me, so I applied. Two months passed, and finally, I get a call in July, thinking it was for an aid position. 
I knew that just wasn't the right fit for me. So when I called back, I was ready to say thanks, but no thanks. But the secretary went on to say, no, it's for an interview for the second grade position. I couldn't believe it. I went in thinking there is no way this is going to go my way. They want someone young, qualified, capable, and more adequate for the job. But the next day, I got the call, and they offered me the job. I was not qualified. I was overwhelmed at the thought of being in charge of 20-some little souls. But once I prayed about it, I realized it wasn't about me. With God, I was fully equipped. I trusted he placed me at Lincoln Elementary in Glen Ellen for a reason. And I took that leap of faith. And I had a principal that believed in me. Humility was the quality that God had bestowed on me at that time. I began to believe in myself. I knew God had a plan for me, and I knew I could learn from the wonderful team he had given me, had placed me on. I had no idea that I would have found that experience to be one of the most purposeful and rewarding of my life after raising my own children. What if I hadn't stepped out uncomfortably? Someone might not have felt God's love and grace. He had given me the gift of teaching, and as I trusted him, he taught me a few more things too. Okay, my third gift. Mm. Must be talking too much. I need water. Okay, so the third gift that God had for me is the gift of confidence. Purposeful traveling. So this leads me to this year and how I had to trust God in the plan once again. In January, I was doing something I loved, teaching first graders. But God nudged me to take a leap for the next year and step out once again. I titled my year Purposeful Traveling, deciding that I was to focus on the journey not the destination. And not every trip was going to be a mission trip in the sense that it had to have the word mission in it. No, each and every day is a mission to share God's love and grace to others. And so, for my first encounter, my first outing in September, teach and beach sounded like a pretty good trip to me. (laughs) This is my blog post the day before I left. It's one day before I take that giant leap, traveling alone, going to a place I've never been before, new language, people I don't know. Yeah, I could worry all about what could go wrong, but why should I waste the energy? Instead, as I step out uncomfortably, I am going to have faith. Breathe, trust, let go. My comfort zone is staying on that ledge and watching everybody else around me jump. But this year is different. By taking that leap of faith, I'm excited to see where God leads me. I am not spending time worrying, but exploring. The world is my oyster this year. I am in charge of my own destiny. And tomorrow is the first oyster to explore. And awaiting inside is a precious pearl. I trusted God in the plans because I knew I was stepping out uncomfortably in so many aspects. First, traveling halfway around the world to Thailand. 
living in a house with 20-something roomies and teaching in a school where I had no idea how to speak their native language. But I trusted God. I got on the edge of yikes, and I took that leap. I had no idea that experience would be one of the most amazing experiences. The precious pearl that I discovered wasn't just teaching the English to the Thai students and experiencing their classroom filled with their smiles. No, that was just part of the experience. Surprisingly, the most rewarding was hearing the stories of my other seven team members from the UK and other parts of the US, asking, listening, seeking understanding about who they were and where their lives, where they were in their lives. God allowed me then in return to share my story. Just like Paul in 1 Corinthians 9.13, because I was confident and free in my own faith, I could become one of them so that in turn, I could share Jesus with them. So one of my new friends was Tom, and he's the second gentleman with the beard on the left. This is who I'll be talking about. He was from the UK. He was an atheist and one of the teachers on the trip. He was a young 24-year-old with really no moral compass and who believed everybody should do what they want and believe whatever they want. His response often was, well, why, when asked why he doesn't believe certain things. He noted that he didn't share opinions often because he offended people. So I told him this was a great opportunity for him to share because we won't judge. Remember, I've had to ask, to pr- I have prayed to ask, listen, seek understanding. This is completely out of my comfort zone as I love to share my opinion and I leave no room for others to talk. <laughs> but... I trusted God with the questions I asked, and he provided some invisible tape over my mouth. Tom began to say he is tired of people telling him he needed to believe in God or anything else. I could tell as the week went on, he had something pulling at him anytime the subject of God or Jesus entered the discussion. As the week went on, he trusted me with sharing his opinion. I didn't jump all over him, but I listened. And then I would share my thoughts. During the next two weeks, Tom would sit by me during the meals, even though he was an introvert and he knew I loved to talk and I was a Jesus lover. He would come out with us and engage in conversation. The two weeks were coming to a close. God had placed on my heart that I should share something with the other seven members of the team that was tangible and that they could have as a reminder of me in our conversations. Well, my dear Christ-loving friend Katie had given me 30 handwritten verses before I left on my trip to have handy and to pray over each morning. That was it. I searched through each one of those verses and found one fitting for each member of the group to receive as a keepsake for our time together. And... The one I found for Tom was in Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. 
I wrote a note on the back telling him in all of his searching through life to not forget to search for God. I gave him a hug and said goodbye. He wasn't a real talkative person, and early on, he wasn't really interested in getting to know anybody. But when we all had left and messaged each other the next day, he was one of the first to respond. What if I hadn't stepped out uncomfortably? Not only did God give me the confidence to travel, but also the confidence to listen and seek understanding. And in return, I could share with confidence my story. Okay, so my final gift that God has challenged me with so far. Hmm, the gift of courage, public speaking. Okay, so if you haven't figured it out yet, sitting up here on this stage and speaking to all of you was not what I had in mind as part of my year. But if I truly was going to trust God, I had to step out uncomfortably in love for Patty when she asked me to speak. You see, she asked me to do this last year, and I said inanimate, no, no. Then she came to me this summer and said, I will only do the Christmas tea if you speak, Penny. I didn't understand why she kept coming to me. I am not a public speaker, and what was I going to share? So I told her I'd think about it, knowing in a couple days I'd come back and say no. I came home to tell my son, thinking he would laugh and agree with me. But instead he said, isn't that what your year is all about, trusting God? Caught in my own words, as my son is sitting back there, my big encourager. Public speaking was one experience that was not in my radar. I didn't even think to trust God in this area because I wasn't going there. No way. But then he nudged me. Are you really trusting me? If you really did, you would step out uncomfortably and trust. Well... On a recent trip to California in the Redwoods and the Santa Cruz Mountains for a reflective retreat in November, I heard that lesson loud and clear. On our final night and one of our final reflective sessions, there was an option for a night hike to be with God in nature. Not just your ordinary hike along a path. No, this path had a four-story ledge on the one side down to a ravine. There were roots in the narrow path. There were steps to walk over. There was a bridge, sometimes a railing, sometimes not, and the trees on the right side. This would be fairly doable if we had flashlights, right? But on this night hike, the guide asked us to put away all of our flashlights unless absolutely necessary for safety. We were to do this hike in total darkness, trusting the person in front of us as our guide. Now, there was very little natural light due to the enormous redwood trees that were hovering over the stars and the moon. We had a sense of touch, and we had our sense of and our sound to move us through. And trusting the person ahead of us, then, at the end of this hour-long hike, that during the day only took me 15 minutes, The guide way up front told us that we had to walk up these wooden steps. 
And it took us from the darkness up onto a road and a street light. And we had to let go of the person in front of us. We had to take this portion alone and with courage. At that moment, I thought of the Christmas tea and these stairs that I would have to climb onto this stage. I realized right then I wasn't alone. I trusted God to give me the courage to walk these steps. With each step, I spoke, I can do this because I trust you, Lord. When I gave him the gift of trust, he gave me the gift of courage. He will never leave me, and he will be there every step of the way. God took my weakness, and in that moment, he made me strong. In 2 Corinthians 12.10, Paul says, For in my weaknesses, I will be made strong. Here, Paul has a thorn in his side, and it's constant. And God won't take it away, because it was a reminder to Paul not to get a big head, not to become conceited. This debilitating weakness was to be Paul's reminder that he needs to humble himself and not to become conceited in his gifts. Now, I am weak and inadequate in my public speaking, so there is no conceit going on here. But through my weakness, God wants me to come to him, trust him, and he will make me strong. Only because of him am I up here with you all today with courage. The lesson today is that if I had waited to do any of these things until it was easy, until I felt adequate, wasn't anxious, or until I felt qualified, I would never have began a Bible study, became a teacher, traveled alone across the world, or be sitting here. I would never have seen how God has used me to tell others about Jesus. What if I hadn't stepped out uncomfortably? Remember that dream goal I told you at the beginning of my chat to save in the back of your mind? So I want to challenge you to step out uncomfortably in love for God. What is your uncomfortable place? Do you have the courage to step into that uncomfortable place for God? Remember Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all that you do and he will direct your path. Merry Christmas and God bless you all. Thank you. Let's pray. Dear God, I just thank you so much for this opportunity to be here with all of my friends and to be here as a church of women together, a community. And I'm so thankful for Penny's life that she is stepping out and trusting you. And just the challenge for all of us this Christmas season to remember the important things and the love and to love those around us. In Jesus' name, amen.